This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 121 of the Stacey West podcast as ever I'm Ben joined by Gary how are you doing mate apart from you know the obvious yeah, one day I wanted to do. I want to do the introduction. I quite enjoyed doing the introduction for the special the other day. I'm your host Gary, and as ever, I'm joined by Ben. I found it quite therapeutic. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, next week then. Next week you can do that if you want. Oh, uh, what if I mess it up? Well, we'll just do it again until you get it right. Ah, uh, same thing we do for you most weeks. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, I've been feeling off it all day. I knew, it, uh, and, and pardon the uh, the language, but I knew a session with Ben would cheer me up. <laughs> and that's something Rachel's never said. <laughs> uh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Luckily. Um. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's everything all right? You. Got laugh, yeah. Otherwise, you'd cry, wouldn't you? Yeah, pretty much. I mean. Um, <sighs> I mean, going into Friday was um, shit. It was a it was a difficult one, wasn't it? Um, obviously, getting the team news through and seeing uh, seeing no Callum Morton up front, and listening to Radio Lincolnshire where Michael was saying that you know Liam Bricker and uh, Remy Howarth also tested positive for COVID initially, and then uh, got a negative test afterwards when they did the the PCR tests, the full ones. Um, I think yeah, he said that that was um, that was a bit of a scare for him, and it was like, well, hmm, not the best of uh, news going into the game on Friday, which kind of took away some of the optimism that I think some of us had after the the uh, the draw at Sunderland. Um, and then, I mean, the game kind of kind of panned out how we thought it would, I guess. I mean, you know, aside from obviously. Liam Brickett going off in the first half with, with what seems to be a calf injury um, to his other calf this time, according to Michael. Um, it's not been the best of weeks, has it? No, well, I mean, I, um, I I kind of had a little bit of a heads up 
that, that there might be wider issues within the squad during the day. Um, and so that ruined my Friday good and proper, um, which uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just felt really, I felt really down about it because I thought, yeah, you, after, after Sunderland, you can see that even though we're down to the bare bones for me, you, you put Bridcut back in there and you've always mm. got a chance. And then yeah, I know obviously we've got the good news that Bridcut was fit to play, but then you've not got a recognised striker. You know, Scully's not a lone nine. He's, if anything, he's a ten. You know, be good probably as a as a two prong. So if you went something like a four four two, a flat four four two, you could see Scully alongside somebody like Hopper or or even Brennan Johnson. But he's not a man to lead the line on his own. So I knew that Oxford were going to get the ball, um, recycle it quite quickly because it, it wouldn't stick up front as much as we would like it to, and. Even when the team came out, I was then a little bit happier because I thought, well, actually, Bridcut's fit and you know he's he's a massively crucial part of what we do. And then I felt after about 20 minutes, when we scored, I always felt they were going to score. You know, mm. I just even with Liam Bridcut on the field, we got our goal and it was a finish that I seem to think I used to make quite a bit when I played. <laughs> um, you know, the one where you don't really mean it. But a goal's a goal. He got in the right place. If you look as the pullback comes in, he just checks his run and takes a step back, which I like. Um, so you know, he, there's a lot to like about Anthony Scully, but he's yet to kind of nail down a position. But I thought after. After that, I thought that we would concede, but then it was galling, wasn't it, to concede to what what a goal that should have been chalked off? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the referee all we like. I mean, it, you know, he wasn't the reason that we we lost the game, but there was there was a few incidents, and you know, on on either side, I think um, I think you said it right in when you you know you, you sort of put it on Twitter and said that he missed a penalty for them, and then he missed a handball, which would have chalked their goal off. And then quite how Oxford and with ten uh, with eleven men on the field, I don't know. And that's not to say that you know that the the, uh, the challenge on Harry Anderson from the keeper was a red card because I think he got that one right. To be honest, I think he was you know taking the ball a little bit too far away. Um, but yeah, it's a red card. They'd be giving me that. That whole yeah. last man thing applies when a defender takes you out. If a defender takes you out, you're one-on-one with the keeper. If the keeper takes you out, even if you've gone at an angle, you can still put it in. And the keeper has, has not tried to play the ball. He's played Harry Anderson. If that's not a red card in today's climate, where Teo Eden got a yellow card for, for, for what I could see to be pretty much nothing at all, um, I, 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 I think he just bottled it, to be honest. The referee mm. doesn't, Scott Oldham doesn't have a track record of handing out red cards. I'm telling you now, 60% of the referees that we've had this season send their keeper off for that challenge. Mm. I mean, to, to me, I think that the um, the bigger red card incident was, uh, was you know, when Harry Anderson's been pulled back in the, you know, in the second half, he's been, he's having his shirt pulled, he's having his arm tugged and, you know, to me, that's a second yellow card. And you could see how pissed off Harry was about it because you could, you know, do a little bit of lip reading and i think he was um quite vocal asking why it wasn't a uh, why it wasn't a yellow card and it's the fact that it would have been a second one to me that's more that's the ref bottle in it even more because yep. he, he knows full well that that's a second yellow card because as you say he's given tao eden something that's that's you know nothing like that um you know a few minutes before um referees are told it's my understanding that referees are told or at least urged to try and keep it 11 v 11 as much as possible and you do want to see that 
to a certain degree. Um, I can understand him not giving the yellow card for Hansen. It was a yellow card. It should a second yellow. It should have been a red. I actually think Hansen got away with one a little bit before that as well. So I think mm. it was James Hansen. So uh, yeah. um, is it James Hansen or is that the kid that's at um, Bradford? Anyway, uh, yeah. I, for me, it's the the keepers' challenge, and and I, I just I. I actually thought that we did. Was it a yellow card on Harry? Was it the same lad that did the? It was Hanson, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. It was his the, the challenge towards the end of the first half. Yeah, that's yeah. a horrible challenge, yeah, and I, I appreciate that's only a booking, but that is a it's an Achilles snapper. It, mm. it was just awful. I'm quite why he targeted Harry so much. I don't know because considering Harry's, I think it's his first game he started since the beginning of December. Yeah, um, I actually thought he had a really good game until he ran out of steam. It yeah. took him a while to get into it, but he clearly caused caused them problems. So, and that's why Joe you know, with Callum Morton, if he's if he's still out this weekend, if we if Bridcut gets a scan and it's like, oh, actually he can play, I wouldn't be overly worried again because you could play Harry on the right, Brennan Johnson through the middle, and Morgan on the left, mm. and I'd be comfortable with that. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that, yeah, they they were two things the referee got wrong. He definitely got the handball wrong, without a doubt. Yes, they should have had a penalty, but you know, like I said, two two wrongs don't make a right. If you've missed a penalty, you can't then go, ah, oh, well, I'll let the handball go. And Jamie Mackey more or less said that referees do do that at half time. And you know the the nicely balanced panel that has mm-hmm. seen uh, how many Lincoln City related people in the studio over our four games this year. <laughs> I think I think it's none. Uh, no, according to you know, according to Jack, it was it was one because um, I, I made the flippant comment that um, you know the the, the most uh, the most famous person they've had on related to Lincoln City so far this season is me and Jack said, oh no, they did have Nicky on, they had Nicky Cowley in. Did they? Which one was that? Apparently that was the Peterborough game, which uh, I watched on iFollow, so I didn't see that. Yeah, I watched that on iFollow as well, and uh, I'll be honest, I'm I'm not the Sky coverage. For me, I mean, how hard is it? You've got Jamie Mackey, and just just go get somebody. I I don't understand. Gareth Ainsworth. Yeah, I got a little bit of a thing back from um, D3 D4 podcast because I put on their Lincoln a play, and then he was like, "What what thing are you watching?" Because he's an Oxford fan. Mm. I just kind of thought, well, I turned it on at probably ten two, mm. and I didn't hear one mention of Lincoln City. And at half time, it was. What I've got, what's Carl Robinson going to be saying now? What's this happening? What's that happening? The first pictures I saw, and I may have may may have turned away, but I thought the first pictures I saw of Michael and David Kerr's like on the touchline was about sixty-seven minutes. Mm. And I just, you know, I mean, I think it was summed up, and you know, I I got I took a little bit of stick for this on Twitter because I said, you know, the the first thing that was said at half time, right? Let's look at Lincoln's goal. What did Oxford do wrong? It's Defensively, like, yeah. It's yeah. like, no, come on. Like, you then talk about how great Oxford are going forward for their goal. You brush over the fact that it's a handball. I just, I don't know. Like, it it sounds like sour grapes and, you know, it's whatever. But It is a bit. It, I mean, it is. It is. Like, yeah, but it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. I, I admit it is. You know, at the same time, you, you just don't have, you don't have that balance, you know, and, and it's, it was only when in that cover, you know, in that uh, discussion of the goal, it was kind of a throwaway mark. Of, oh, yeah, don't get, you know, you know, don't don't take anything away from Lincoln. You know, it's really good football, but Oxford should have done X, Y, Z. It's like, really? That was Just... the problem with having an Oxford United representative in the studio and not a Lincoln City one. And and the end, yeah. 
the only reason they didn't is because Danny Cowley's got a job now and they don't really know anyone else who they can get on. And probably that's the issue that a lot of ex-Lincoln players haven't gone into the media. They've gone into things mm-hmm. like management, Simon Weber or physiotherapy, Paul Morgan. We haven't got players who played at football league standard for a kind of a five-year period where they would now be coming out of their career. So while we were in the National League, we had a lot of players who wouldn't have a media presence you know they're not going to go uh, here's Lincoln City former Lincoln City midfielder Todd Jordan because everyone's going to kind of go who the hell's Todd Jordan mm. whereas Jamie Mackey was playing at a decent level at that stage that's the only thing I can think of and probably don't want to get Jason Shacklong so I don't, don't know if you say too much I must admit I didn't see your tweet because I'm afraid you're muted at the minute so. <laughs> I'm not lying doesn't either surprise me. Doesn't surprise there's me. about no, honestly, there's about 10 or 15 Lincoln fans whose input I don't mind at all who are muted because of line of duty. Because you said quite correctly, I'm going to talk about line of duty. If you don't like it, mute the hashtag. And I couldn't mute the hashtag on my Android phone, so I muted you instead. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I muted anybody who mentioned line of duty, some some quite, some quite people I quite like. And you'll know who you are if you're listening to this. If you mentioned line of duty on Monday or on Sunday or whenever it was, you're on mute. I'll see you in six weeks. You should only really do it for like the day because I talk about it for the day and then oh, that's it. I'm not, I'm not fiddling about going in and unmuting somebody and muting somebody again. That's <laughs> a pain in the arse. Just, just mute the hashtag on your desktop, mate, and then we can talk again. But we're talking now. Well, you know what I mean. It's actually nice to, it's nice to hear your opinion um, without having kind of experienced it once already. <laughs> that's fair enough. Right, well, I'll so be back in guys after this then. So. Yeah. That leads us into the second half, and I thought, I thought actually we came out relatively purposeful in the second half. Mm. Thought, and again, considering we'd lost Liam Bridcut, which for me that was that was the turning point, and we lost Bridcut yeah. two tackles after that on Harry, which one, as I said, I think was a red. We came out, thought we looked relatively good. You know, it's just stupidity for the goal. I still say with Bridcut on the field, we don't concede that goal because he turns Monsman's pass into a a better one. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, it. It was frustrating. Like, you know, you, you it, it just, it was a sloppy pass. And, it, you know, to me, I think McGrandall's tried to make the best of it and, and gets bundled off the ball. Some would potentially say a little bit too easily, but I mean, it was, it, it's like we've said for the past couple of weeks, like you just look at it and go, yep, yeah, of course, of course. You know, it's, it's just what happens to us at the minute. Um, And I've been, you know, I've been looking and following a couple of people um, from other League Two clubs. And it's like a lot of people are suggesting, oh, Lincoln are on the slide, Lincoln are on the slide. So, yeah, but there is, there's a massive, massive reason for this. Like people are very quick to just look at the results and, and not understand it. And this goes for some of our fans as well, is that, you know, you get people that are standing there and going, oh, you know, this is crap. This is shite. You know, this is ridiculous. You know, I can't do this. It's like, well, Hang on a minute. You, you've got to understand. You're trying to make a, you know, you, you're trying to make a dinner without all the ingredients. You're not going to have everything looking. You've got that from my article. No, I haven't. You've got that from my article. I used that. I used making a cake without the eggs and flour. <laughs> did you? Yeah, did you? Did you? <laughs> I don't. I didn't know. I saw your one where you were talking about it as a car without. Oh, I've talked about it in some all of the sorts wheels. of things. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, just it, it's it's fucking stupid at the minute. Like people that are getting arsy about, you know, 
the dip in form and they're saying, oh, this is unacceptable. It's like, just take a step back and look at what's happening at the club. Like Friday, you're right. The points you're making now are right in context of Friday. In context of Rochdale, Fleetwood, um, Plymouth to a degree. Yep. The drop in form didn't start purely because of the injuries. Mm. The drop in form did start. Okay, we lost Joe Walsh, but you're not telling me that Monster and Jackson are not good enough centre back pairing because they were everything wonderful under the sun at the beginning of the season. I'm not going to be hypocritical enough now to start saying they weren't. Yeah, I think losing Liam Bridcut is was was the big loss, and then losing George Grant after that was next because I think again if you could play. George Grant at the six, still play Eden at left back and ease Bramall in a little more gently and then have McGrandles in the attacking midfield role with you know, whoever. And James Jones probably not quite exceeding. He could even put Eden up there and Bramall at fullback. But as soon as you've lost Bridcott and Grant, then then obviously we struggled. But we still should have beaten Rochdale and we still should have beaten Swindon at home. And we still mm. should have beaten Accrington at home. We still and, and they're the games. I'll, I'll take, I'll accept people saying... You know, your, our form's dropped off then. Anybody that starts talking about our form from the point, really, I would say Plymouth, mm. from when we lost George Grant, and, and now with the same with you know, Tom Hopper and Joe Walsh and Max Sander, now you're quite right. Now it's ludicrous. However, that doesn't change the fact that if Monsma kept his head clear and didn't play that pass, we don't lose that game. Because I don't think Oxford had got what it was take what it took to break us down, and we handed them the lead. We may even have gone on and won it because if they had continued to put on us as they were doing, and they had to, they might have left more gaps at the back for Rogers to exploit. So, mm. in in the strictest sense, yes, you're right. Look at the you know, it, it, what annoys me, and you you made the point there is you look at the other. I'm not going to say experts because none of us are, but you look at the people that are styling themselves as League One experts on Twitter and there's lots of podcasts and there's lots of individuals and they'll start putting their Lincoln's form and eyebrows and question marks and can they do this and will they do that? And then you say to them, oh, we've got six people out. And they're like, have you? God, that's terrible. How can you style yourself as a so-called pundit or expert if you, expert, if you don't actually know that? Mm. And that... But that for me is the key and it, it winds me up it does i've actually stopped <laughs> for a different reason i've actually muted a few fans of other league one clubs that i follow um because they were talking about line of duty no they weren't no <laughs> no 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 i muted them because they were talking they were talking crap one or two of them to be honest and i i don't like going on my timeline and seeing excited fans um, excited because they're catching us not when we've lost I'm, I'm a I'm not a good loser um, I'm really not so there's one or two I'm muted and other people talk about Steve Evans being a good manager so I muted them as well <laughs> god bless the mute but I'm literally all I get now is I think Lincoln City's official things and there's an account I really like that puts pictures of cats in unusual places so quite like that I'm a muted <laughs> there's there's one that you should follow uh, I think it's called faces in things it's brilliant it's just uh, like okay it's just um like pictures of of random things that look like they've got a face made in them there's like a door handle that looks worried and stuff like that it's brilliant oh, i've seen that with the drunk octopus one in a fight as well yeah yeah I, I saw i saw one of those in the bar i think it might be in the treaty and i pointed out to my dad and i said it looks like a drunk octopus one in a fight and he just looked at me as if like he was ashamed that i was his firstborn <laughs> 
No, it's not. It's a coat hook. We, we've got one in our downstairs, Lou, and I just call it the drunk octopus. It's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that we're talking about drunk octopus, you know, and, and that sort of stuff, it just kind of shows that. I, I mean, there's not a huge amount else to talk about in terms of Friday. I don't think it was. Hey, Eden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor yeah. had a. I thought he had a really good game. Um, Do you see the stat the other day that I think he's made the fifth or sixth most amount of tackles in uh, League One this season? Wow! No, I didn't miss that. I mean, to be fair, it came from who scored. So I think I'm <laughs> fifth, but I never checked it. So if you hear clicking in the background, I'm actually going to go on Y Scout because Y Scout I trust. But oddly, Y Scout doesn't class them as tackles; it classes them as jewels. I don't like that either. It's, it's just, you know, a pain. Could he have a glove and slap someone around the face with him? Yeah, exactly. Just not yeah. particularly good. Let's have a look. Player ratings and jewels. Um, yes, yeah, so I thought he had a good game. Um, I, I really got to question uh, James Jones. I mean, I liked James Jones at the beginning of the season, but he is having a stinker. I mean, he did have a free header. Um, he yeah. had to put power in the ball, but it, it just... I don't know. I mean, somebody said, is he suffering from long COVID? Is he kind of, do you know what I mean? Because since he's been out, you know, he, he, one minute he was great. He was, off, he was what? Well, it was almost the first choice or the second or third choice on the team sheet. It was kind of Grant and Jones were, were there every single week. And he's gone now for me. You know, if Max Sanders is fit, Sanders plays with Eden and McGrandles. Yeah. Um, I, and we've not really seen what Sanders can do, have we yet? No, exactly. And, and that's why it's just such a, such a shame. Oh, I mean, it's it's just it's a weird situation because, like, I think I, I listened to the the latest D three D four this week um, before we started this, and um, they said in there, you know, things like long COVID, it it will affect players. You know, they're not going to be completely, you know, hundred percent after, you know, ten days away from everything with their isolation. You know, it will be affecting them. And to be honest with you, I I I wonder if the onset of Harry Anderson's injuries have potentially stemmed from, you know, effects of long COVID. I mean, that's just pure speculation, but it it does seem that, you know, we've got a few players that are, I mean, basically everyone seems to be running on empty at the minute. I mean, I, I don't know whether, um, you know, whether it's, you know, it's, it's accurate or whatever, but Friday, Michael was saying that, you know, some players were, um, some players were symptomatic before the game started, but they all did the, the lateral flow test and then it was all it all came back negative, so the game went ahead. Um now call me a cynic, but I honestly think that if that game's not on Sky on Friday, that, that game gets called off. Hundred percent. I yeah, agree with you. And that do you know what? That's why I was so angry, I think, during the uh during the day, because I was aware of a developing situation and yeah. when I was told the game was going on. I kind of thought, you know what? I'm not buying it. I'm yeah. not giving Sky my money tonight. And then when Liam Bridcourt was named in the side, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, actually, I will because it's Lincoln. And okay, I told Fee, I told Fee all day, I'm not not buying the game, I'm not having it. If if this game's on, I yeah, I don't know the facts. And somebody from Lincoln City may well DM one of you or me afterwards and say, no, we wanted the game to go ahead, but I can't see how. I mean, I I would. <laughs> If you go back and listen to the pre-match on uh, BBC, you know, on, on iPlayer or BBC Sounds, whatever it's called, uh, Michael Horton had a good chat with Michael Appleton and also with Liam Scully. And 
I really did feel for Liam because you could tell how pissed off he was in his voice. But he's obviously got to stay professional. He's obviously got to stay, you know, that that figurehead of the club. And it just seemed that there was, I don't know, it it felt to me like it was one of those situations where they were going, yeah, we kind of didn't want this game on. But, you know, the fact that it's on Sky is making it so. And, I, you know, again, I might be taking the wrong wrong side of the stick from that. But he... um, you know, he was saying that they believe in the integrity of the competition and all the rest of it. And you just think, well, if you believe in the integrity of the competition, then surely, surely you've got to have the, you know, your best side that's available to you. And if you have people out with COVID, didn't Grimsby get a game called off with COVID with one player out this season? Yeah, I used that as an example. And then looking back, I think that was more when there was an uncertainty about how it was being spread because that right. player was actually out on loan at Spalding. Right. Um, and Wimbledon were forced to play us, remember, when they had seven players out. But I think that was yeah. injury and COVID. But I think what really frustrated me was that it was a, a, culmination, a culmination. I always struggle with that word for someone. Accumulation of things in the um, got one out international. Now, if we'd had three out international, the game gets called off. Mm. We've got one out international, we've got two out COVID. Now, if we'd had three out COVID, potentially it gets called off. So for me, if, if the grounds to call the game off are three players out for something other than a general injury, because let's face it, if you've got a score of 22 and, and 20 are injured, you have to play your first team players unless you're Bolton, they can call games off when they want for player welfare. And I, I think player welfare at, at the moment seems to be going out the window. And I'm not going to blame Sky because I don't know that for a fact and I'm not going to make wild accusations. But for me, Lincoln's player safety was compromised this weekend. Mm, yeah. uh, by having Brennan Johnson at Wales, by having two with COVID, by making Liam Bridcott drive up to drive to Oxford on the day because he couldn't travel with the team. And I think Remy Howarth had to do the same. And the reason that we're having Carl Robinson being able to make four substitutions in the later stages of the game is because the FA were or whoever the rule makers were keen to ensure player safety because of the number of games that are being played. Mm. And when you're playing... Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, there's no concern there for, for player safety. And then it gets flipped around by people saying, well, we should have recruited more in in, in January. With what? Do you mm. know what I mean? Well, what are you going to recruit? What are you going to spend? Where, where's the money coming from? It's so easy to say that. And actually, the, it's where the commentators really wound me up because they were saying, well, obviously, Oxford played in midweek and Lincoln had midweek off. Do you think that's going to, it's Lincoln that looking tired? It's like, yes, because Lincoln have played Saturday, Tuesday for nearly eight weeks. And Oxford, I don't think, have. I think they'd had a, a little bit more um, time. I think they'd had one or two weeks off. I mean, they got to the last stages of the EFL trophy as well. So, mm. yeah, just I, I just don't think player safety is as much of a concern. I think a lot of it's for show. Yeah, um, of course it, it is. It, you it know, the product, the product comes first at the minute. Yeah, but and then, you it, know, if you... It's as we've said, it, the football is a product. And at the minute, it seems that that comes first ahead of everything else. And it's just... Wimbledon fans would have no sympathy for us because we went there and took that victory. And and I I think behind the scenes, there was people at Lincoln that probably thought we want the game to go ahead because it's the three points that we can take. So, you know, as much as you and I want to bitch about it, and believe me, I want to bitch about it for much, much longer because I've bottled it all up since Friday. 
but the point is that actually we we did have a squad that we could put out we were only one substitute short and just to address by the way a lot of people saying why are we not naming freddie draper why are we not naming such and such on the bench just to give them that kind of that experience my understanding is that if you are to name youth team players on the bench um, I'm not sure what the threshold is, but eventually they become classed by the FA as first team players because they've been named on the bench. And then if you do get a COVID outbreak, you can't um, call a game off because you've had these young players in. I think Charlton fell foul of it early in the season that they played a load of young players in the EFL trophy. Uh, and those players were then counted as first team players when it came to um uh, when it came to either getting a game called off or the uh, the at the time, I think it was the uh, the wage cap. Obviously, that doesn't mm. apply anymore. Everything's just a mess. Do you know what? I think in a, in a season where everything's equal, where it starts in the middle of August and where uh, where there isn't COVID, so the games don't pile up as much at the end of the season. Because remember, you know, we we lost games. We didn't actually lose games through COVID, sorry, but we we did lose games through Watlog pitch, which is why one was postponed. You know, we've moved from Saturday to a Sunday with Accrington. In a normal season with a normal schedule, we don't get as many injuries. If we don't get as many injuries, we are six or seven points better off than we are now. In a normal season, this Lincoln City squad, free of injury, uh, gets promoted automatically, in my opinion. But that's not me bleating. You know, it is what it is. There are teams who have come out of COVID a lot worse than we have with. Mm. You look down at the bottom, you see, you know, teams who have not been able to spend on their squad like Rochdale, teams that have generally suffered. I think Accrington have suffered through injuries and, and COVID related com, uh, cancellations. And now the games are piling up for them and they got pumped 7-0. So yeah. it's not it's not the same for everybody because your Halls and your Sunderlands and your Portsmouths and your Ipswiches have got bigger squads. Yeah. But it, it, it is what it is. You just have to take it and accept it. I can't, but you have to. Yeah, I know. And I think just to, to sound off on this, I think the, the thing that's pissed me off the most is just when people have gone, oh, just go and get some out of contract players and then you'll be fine. So That's not how it works. That's really not how it works. You know, it's just just don't don't sit there and think, oh, well, it worked for me on FIFA. Oh, it worked for me on Football Manager. So that's how it works. So, no. How long does it take somebody to to settle into you know a job when they come in? You know, if, if you go and get a new job somewhere else, you know, in an office somewhere, how long does it take you to settle into that job? So at least yeah, a couple I of months. like snow because I'm adaptable. <laughs> you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. You cannot settle that quickly. I mean, we, we talk about players that come in in January, and it's like you know they don't really show their full potential until the following season. Sometimes Tom Pett, yeah, is the classic example. James Wilson. Um, you do have players that come in and make an impact. Uh, you look at Brandon Barker at Oxford. He came I mean, in in January. Morgan Rogers. Excellent. Yeah, Morgan Rogers as well. So it does happen. But at the same time, if you're if you're a free agent now, on the 28th of March, as we record, you're you probably haven't had a club all season. I mean, the obvious one would be a George Thorne figure who plays defensive midfield. Liam Bridcut's position. He's been there and done it. International football. Played in the Premier League, uh, as I understand it friends with Michael Appleton he's the obvious shout bring him in let's play but he, he wouldn't we probably missed a trick with Michael Mancien mm. uh, because he probably could have played in the central defensive midfield role but if the budget's not there you know, what, what would you rather have no Morgan Rogers and I, I think Morgan Rogers he, he the ratings that on the Stacey West don't 
back this up. I think he's been one of our best players over the last few weeks. He's, he's a frustrating player because when he loses possession, when he goes on one of his major runs, it can put you under pressure. But he's also the one that, you know, where he gets on the ball, you think something might happen. And I'm afraid when, if Anthony Scully picks the ball up 30 yards from goal, I don't think something's going to happen here. Mm. And if at the minute, if if Conor McGrandles does, if James Jones does, if anyone does, I don't think that if Morgan Rogers picks up the ball any anywhere in the attacking half. I'm thinking this could result in a chance, mm. and I think that's the difference. I mean, we saw a bit of that in um, on you know on Friday. Some of his footwork was fantastic. I was yeah. just. Like we, you know, he picks the ball up, takes it past two or three, and I think it was where he, I think he squared it back to Jones, if I remember rightly, and he Jones put the, I think he put the shot at the keeper, and then the keeper palmed it away, and if I remember rightly, I think Regan Paul was just a yard or two behind the rebound, which was, you know, it, it was one of those moments, but um, yeah, I think as well, one one last thing on the commentary when they said. Regan Paul has never scored for Lincoln City. I'm like, no, he hasn't, because he's a right back who signed in January. So, Christ's sake. I, I did enjoy Don Goodman saying that Sunderland still played at Park. Park. <laughs> I, I, that, that, for me, was brilliant. And he got a lot of stick for that. Actually, I, I thought Don Goodman was a decent commentator. He, he got a couple of little facts wrong. But there wasn't an awful lot of... Um, factually incorrect stuff about Lincoln. I, I get the Regan Paul thing, but I get more frustrated by our fans saying that Regan Paul is, is not up to standard when you know, he had McGeady more or less in his pocket for, for 80 minutes the other week. Yep. You know, nullified a player who's been to major international tournaments and people are now going, well, he passes sideways and backwards. Yep. And that that is the, the one comment that makes me want to scream when people say all his passes are sideways and backwards, if you've got a bank of 11 in front of you, what do you want him to do? Pump it aimlessly. Mm. That's what football is. We used to say it about Alex Woodyard, you know, the guy that won player of the year when we got to the FA Cup quarterfinal and, and won the National League. And the next year it was all, all his passes are sideways or backwards. Mm. We'll go on then, John from the news agents. Why don't you pull a shirt on and do better, you plum? What you do on a Sunday afternoon, pump it down into the channel every time and feel happy with yourself. I just winds me up and I'm not going to be as insulting as to say that those people don't understand football but they don't understand football yeah it's that simple it, it, if you think Real Regan Paul does is pass sideways and forward uh, sideways and backwards first of all you haven't watched the game properly you've watched two or three passes that are stuck in your mind and it's easy to do that you know when a player gives a ball away you instantly think he's given a ball away and then if he retains it two or three times and then gives it away again the one thing that sticks in your mind is he's given that ball away again to, Teo Eden gets it quite a lot. Oh, he loses the ball a lot. He's arguably our most consistent player over the last three months. Mm. And I, I actually think Regan Paul has settled very well. And I, um, I, I okay, he, he may not quite have had the same impact as Ioma. I actually think his delivery into the box is better than Ioma's has been. Um, and I, I think when he's a player that we're going to have next season, I would rather see him starting. Because I tell you something, if Ioma was starting and we were losing and Paul was on the bench, the same people would be saying, why aren't we playing Paul? He's our player. Why are we relying on somebody else's loan players? Mm. Negativity for the sake of it is more destructive than criticism that's honest. Yeah. And I, that's that's the point I've been trying to make to a couple of people is, you know, 
nobody is happy with the, the run of form. Nobody is happy with the situation that we're in. But it's when people disregard everything that's come about, you know, up to get us to that point. That's what pisses me off. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we might have had eight players out on Friday, but we should still be doing better. It's like, no, <laughs> that's, not how it, that's not how it works. I saw that on Facebook because I haven't muted you on there. And um, I saw that comment and that thread. So, yeah, I think if John Battersby listens, and I'm sure he doesn't, I think he falls out with said individual as well. Yeah. Um, I saw that. And just to pick you up on a point, you just said nobody's happy with the situation we're in. I'm absolutely ecstatic with the situation we're in. We're fourth in League One with a chance of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, run of form. Let's say that nobody's happy with the run of form. I, didn't, I don't mean to pick you up on things, Ben, but it is my job. <laughs> I mean, it's not your job, is it? Well, it's it's my goal in life. <laughs> your, your aim in life is to make me miserable. I don't know, no, no, no. It's meant to make you a better person. <laughs> that is. Oh dear. Right. Well, let's. Um, obviously, we're not going to preview uh, Friday. No, we're not going to preview Saturday because um, Friday. It is Friday, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's sorry. Friday. Yeah. yeah, it's Friday. Believe um, in yourself, Ben. I've shaken you. Believe in yourself. <laughs> we're not going to preview Friday because we will do a podcast on uh, on Thursday, so um, it will be out. Do we do one Wednesday night? to drop Thursday ready for Friday's game and we can preview Friday and Monday to a degree, can't we? Yeah, we'll do preview that. Preview the Easter weekend as a whole. Yeah, we'll do that. So record on Wednesday, out on Thursday. There we go. You've heard it here first. Um, so we've still got some questions from last uh, last week. So uh, I'm not 100% sure if we asked this one, but player of the season so far, mine would be George Grant. I seem I seemed to think that we were asked that because I seem to think I said George Grant as well. Yep. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, Chris Comrath says, summer speculation, which areas do you think will look to strengthen? And do you think we've got a chance of getting Rodgers again next season? Possibly also TJ. And while we're being speculative, how many outs and ins do you think? Basically, what do you think our transfers will look like? Um, obviously, we've got a bit of news that we completely glossed over, which I'm going to drag into this bit um, it's the first part that Joe Walsh has signed an extension to his contract um, which is obviously great news because it's going to mean that that's you know if, he, if somebody does want to come in for him it's going to be a huge fee um, but I, I don't know I, I think um, with the squad that we've got at the moment obviously we'll, we'll be looking to potentially strengthening the attacking areas in, in, um, in bringing in players rather than you know relying on say relying on but bringing in loan players i think we'll probably look to to grab maybe one or two um younger attacking players and definitely i think we're probably gonna probably gonna want to have a a, a third option as a as a striker um but other than that i, I can't really see too much more as, as where we're going to need to strengthen um, what what what, uh, what are your thoughts guys yeah 100 percent the striker um, I think that Michael will want two permanent strikers and then may still go for a third. Or, you know, assuming that we're in this division next season, we'll have the EFL trophy. So then these players will get more football. If we go up a division, it might be a little bit different. And depending which division we're in, that, that dictates very much where our transfer business lies. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at our midfield, arguably it's quite strong. Michael may want to go for another attacking midfielder. Um, so we've got the Grandals, Eden. George Grant potentially, but obviously Grant can play out on the left. 
there may be bids to field for Grant over the summer. You don't know. Max Sanders and Liam Bridcock would seem like sensible holding defenders. I think at centre-back, I don't think there'll be a huge amount of business needed there. Uh, Adam Jackson, I think, has had a decent season. Lewis Monsmore is developing. I know that he's been the subject of criticism recently, but again, he was the, the hero in the early part of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Joe Walsh signing the contracts as well, that's interesting. Uh, I, obviously, a goalkeeper. I don't think he'll go for a permanent goalkeeper. I think he might go to loan a goalkeeper again. Okay. But with the budget potentially changing if fans are coming back in, he may well go and have a look at a, a permanent goalkeeper. It wouldn't surprise me. I still don't think Sam Long will be up to League One football next season. I think he's a decent keeper. But for me, I would like to see him loaned out to either League Two or the National League and go out and get some serious um, experience. I mean, Ethan Ross has actually done quite well at Weymouth from what I've heard. He's, he's, he's putting in a good show, but obviously... I don't think he'll play for us again. Um, in terms of wide players, I do wonder if both Zach Elbazetti and Theo Archibald's Lincoln City careers are on the slide. When when you're down to the bare bones and you still don't get to come off the bench as Theo Archibald hasn't, there might be a few questions to be asked. He's been a bit unlucky because Morgan Rogers has been coming on loan who plays on the left. But at the same time, we will loan players next season, likely in attacking areas. So I can see Theo... Um, Theo probably struggling with regards to who will we get in on loan I don't think we'll get Morgan Rogers if we're in League One I think his form has shown that uh, he's capable of stepping up to the championship and I think Man City will look for that loan and it's the same for Brennan Rogers. Brennan Rogers, Jesus, Brennan Johnson. Uh, there is obviously a chance that having seen how well Rogers has done with us that Man City go actually you can still have him uh, mm. but you know, I think it's an outside bet. And, and anyone who's saying that we'll sign Liam Delap on there next season, I think it's crazy because I think he'll be in the championship as well. Aoma potentially, but again, is he is he championship quality? Will Spurs see a, a step up as part of his development? I think actually we'll struggle to get any of the lads back in on loan aside from Callum Morton. I think Morton's injury is setting back probably a year in, excuse me, in terms of his development. Mm-hmm. So there's every chance for that. If West Brom stay up, Alex Palmer probably we'd have an outside chance of getting back. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think Michael will have, he will look to uh, attacking players to bring in on loan. You know, Johnson's done well. He's tailed off a little bit, but he's done very, very well. So it, it'll be an interesting summer because the the nucleus of the side is going to be there. So as I've said, the centre-backs, you, you look at the two full-backs, Paul and Bramall will, will have settled. Eden can come in. Um, Tom Hopper, well, I, I wonder if, not in terms of phased out, but I wonder if we'll look at another striker of the similar ilk to Hopper, if there's a little bit more money to spend. I think Michael will look to go for one big, per, one bigger kind of commitment financially rather than spread the money around because he's not building up from the bottom anymore. So you can be a little bit more picky, a little bit pickier, can't you? It's like um, it's like collecting stickers. When you first start collecting albums, and trust me, I know this, and you call me a kid if you want, I don't care. Um, when you start collect, first start collecting, you just buy as much as you can to get your collection going. But then once you've got that collection, you can then start kind of picking and choosing what you want, whether it's particular cards or particular albums. And that's where Michael is. Last summer, he had to start his whole collection. This summer, he's already got a great basis. He's just going to have to add it and, and fine tune it. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's a good shout um, because I think, yeah, he's you know spent this season building that foundation that he thinks he needs and then maybe next season like you say he'll be able to to maybe have that money to to 
sort of go on a bit of a splurge and sign uh, not necessarily a big name or a big money name, but you know, be able to put a little bit more money towards the the individual rather than uh, spreading it about a little bit more. It's a good shout. He he won't spend a big transfer fee on a striker. What he might do is look for a Teo Edam figure who's coming out of an academy at the moment who we can work with in the striker role. I think the key with Michael is, bear in mind, if you're not getting games, he wants you out getting games. Like he arranged a friendly against Salford on a Tuesday when we've played eight Tuesdays in a row because he wanted to get minutes into four or five players or three or four players. Mm-hmm. So we're never going to have like a Sunderland squad of 30 because we haven't got an under-23 side where we can start fielding these players and, and that was I mean we'll, we'll get Jez on at one point we really must do but that's one thing that the club have said that they don't want to put another barrier between the youth team and the first team at the moment so we don't have that kind of pool just below the first team we can we can pick from because if we did Elbazidi and Melbourne wouldn't be out on loan now Elbazidi and Melbourne would have stayed in our side playing under 23 football probably um, and, and we would have you know Max Melbourne would be playing in our first team there's no doubt about it. He might he might have been playing left back because Bramwell's obviously been hit and missed, but he's not. So anyone that thinks Michael's going to have four strikers and rotate them in like a Blackpool way, Blackpool have been quite good at kind of collecting strikers and, and rotating them around. That ain't going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Three would be the absolute maximum. No, fair enough. Uh, right, and do uh, I think that's pretty much it for the questions. Um, I've got a question. Let me just go into my face. Go on then. No. Open play streaming nude. Does anyone else get sex chat bots? <laughs> I've been getting. Do, do you get them in my message requests? I just get a lot of random likes from them on posts from about six years ago. I get that on Twitter, on on Facebook. It's just, Kim, I, mean, I, I think I can click on one and not get whatever viruses they come in. So this is from somebody called Berry Bugs. Hello, <laughs> Bubby. Call me on WhatsApp and I will show you my pussy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Genuinely. What other one? This is one. Kim Kim Leaf. I want to go out with you. Contact me personally here. Uh, spoiler, probably doesn't. Uh, <laughs> John de Bellen, United Kingdom, Dropbox, Masturbate. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, that's not a question to be read out. Uh, oh, here we go. Kieran Wiles. Kieran Wiles isn't offering me uh, pictures oh. of... Uh, his genitals he's asking a question about lincoln city thank you kieran for that you are an oasis in a (laughs) desert full of spam bot rubbish kieran wiles do you see lincoln playing a back five in the future with bramwell and Poole's attacking capabilities with them sometimes looking a little poor defensively um it is a good one because I, i can kind of see where he's coming with with bramwell's defensively i think he's he's be naive at times defensively bear in mind he's played an awful lot of football either in under 23s in the premier league where it's not quite as 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 physical or he's played in league two where perhaps the wingers aren't quite as technical but he's very very good going forward Uh, and i think regan paul better defensively uh, probably shackled a little bit i i can't see michael going to a back five i can see the advantages of playing a back five 
but I can't see him doing it. If he did, he might bring in another centre-back. But the problem with it is if you experiment with it and it doesn't work, and then you've got four centre-backs to keep happy. And anyone that remembers Northampton away from the title-winning season, first game of the season, we actually played a back three under Danny Cowley. Uh, we were woeful that day. And, uh, and Josh Vickers kept us in the game. We won 1-0. We should have lost 4-1. And I think... I don't think Michael is a man who, looking back over his, his his managerial career, has been that comfortable with the back five. I think he likes his wing backs bombing on, definitely. But I think it's more likely that he plays somebody in the Bridcup role that naturally can can kind of um, gravitate into the back four at any position. So I think the other night when we played Sunderland, if you look at whenever Bramwell got forward. If we were then caught, and I mentioned it on the podcast last week, I think with a, if he got caught with a big switch, mm. um, so the, I think it was him, it might have been Paul, chased his player across the field when he was in possession, and then there was a big gap, and then Sunderland switched it right to the other side of the field, and you thought, oh no, and there was Liam Bridcut, yeah. just dropped back nicely. So rather than kind of a dedicated back three, which sometimes can be perceived as negative, we struggle against a team with a back three. But when you think about teams that play that, the likes of Shrewsbury, you know, very, I don't want to enrage Shrewsbury fans, but it can be quite a negative experience Mm. um, watching Shrewsbury. And for me, a back three with two fullbacks almost says don't beat us. Whereas a back four with two fullbacks doing exactly what they were doing a back three, almost says, we're coming to beat you. Mm. I think that's the difference. And Michael, nine times out of ten, will always go out, we're coming to beat you. Doesn't always work. Um, but with a full squad, I think, as I say, we'd, we'd be we're fourth in the league now. And with a full squad, I think, back four, second place, no problem. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I can't really disagree with you there. I think the... Um you know the, the the comments you made there about you know looking at when people track their track their man and then you've got the midfielders to come back them up. Teo Edens done it fantastically over the past couple of games as well. Um, you know Cohen Bramall uh, has been as you said caught out a couple of times, um, and the fact is that you know because Teo Edens played in that left back role quite a lot this season, you've been able to see him spot the gap and and mop up that quite quickly and quite well. So. Um, you know that's that's another area there, but I I, I don't know I I don't think it's I, I agree with you I don't think it's um, a formation I think Michael would probably go with because like you said it's seen maybe as a bit negative um, you know packing the defence packing the midfield a little bit um, I don't think he's going to do that so um, but I think that's about it really um, unless there's anything else we've uh, we've got that we need to talk about this week um, I think yeah. that's about a wrap yeah. Can't think of anything. I'm just looking. Back Not been to Mackey's again, have you? No, no, I haven't. I, I, I've discovered Tesco breakfast wraps. Okay. Uh, I'd have my eyes tested uh, in in middle in midweek, so we went to Cleethorpes and uh, Tesco's because there's a Vision Express there. We went together. It was a proper little out, and I even put a jumper on, like a smart <laughs> jumper. It was genuinely. I did my hair and everything. It's like wow, we're going out, out, and. Uh, you know, they, the cafe at Tesco's in Cleethorpes was open and they do a breakfast wrap. So, oh, this is just brilliant. Um, and then, so we didn't buy our glasses. We went back yesterday 
and bought our glasses and I got another breakfast wrap. <laughs> uh, and and there was minimal force so i did get there and there was a queue to get into tesco's and i had a minor tantrum uh, and we were in the queue four and a half minutes and uh <laughs> fee was kind of we got into tesco's and she was like that wasn't bad was it you were only in it four and a half minutes pulling that face that kind of you were a child and you know it face it's like yeah well it's four and a half minutes more than i wanted um <laughs> and then I, I found some some glasses uh, I got a bit stung with sunglasses and they said 15 quid it's like oh what I could do with some prescription sunglasses so I get those with one of my normal glasses and then it's like yeah with those you don't get the lenses free oh right okay um so they were end- going to end up costing me 90 odd quid for these 15 quid sunglasses nah I'll not have that so I just picked some normal ones and put some tinted lenses in um yeah. so yeah no I, but then we took a drive around um Cleethorpe Seafront because Fee had never seen it so Browns Cleethorpe Seafront and then I thought there's this neat back way that brings you from Cleethorpes along the coast to Covenham Reservoir and I was absolutely I knew where I was going uh, until we suddenly ended up on uh, a dead end road that was actually like a Pontins holiday camp and we couldn't turn around and I had to drive (laughs) all the way down this road to like a little trailer park at the bottom where people were living and it just did this great big loop and I was like yeah we're not getting through this now are we so (laughs) I kept my call. Kept my call. I just got this vision now of you standing in the middle of Tesco's dropping the C bomb to everyone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because <laughs> that's face to face. It's easier to do it behind the glass of a car when they're in a car as well. No, that's um, because you know. Do you know what? Once I, I made the mistake of doing that. I used to uh, I used to think if cars drove past and you shouted at them, they were never going to get out. And I used to work at Jackson's, which is now Bill Base. So there's two Jackson sites down the Canic Road either side, and the road comes down, you get to Tesco's at the back. I'm sure you've been there. And every lunchtime, cars used to ignore the the like the zebra crossing or whatever it is. It was just painted on. There was mm. no buttons or anything. So I used to shout at the car all the time. But if a car came past while I was walking, it'd be, ah, you bastard, ah, you death death this jeff that you know what i mean and then one day i was on the crossing and a car came past and it nearly hit me so i punched the back end of the car as it walked past as it came past and and dropped a c-bomb thinking that this car would be like oh no i've nearly run a man over i'll drive off and he didn't he stopped and he got out and he was this huge great dude wearing a rugby shirt and crocs but he was like he was absolutely (laughs) massive I swear he was like six foot three or something. It's like, Jesus Christ. I turned and ran back to Jackson's. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. He might have been stopping to apologise for nearly hitting you. He didn't look on his face like he was stopping to apologise for nearly hitting <laughs> He looked like he was stopping to ask me why the hell I just punched the back of his car when he had driven past me. Oh, that's amazing. That just that reminds me of one of my favourite stories with my dad was when we were, I think we were on the way to, might have been on the way to a match. And, um, we were stopped at uh, at Mill Lodge, um, and oh, what was it? The, uh, no, that that was it. We were coming from Branston, so we were going down Cannock Hill, and there was a guy sat there, um, looking at Mill Lodge, uh, sort of opposite Mill Lodge, and the guy just sort of wound his window down, and um, he said to my dad, "Hey, mate, can you just..." Can you, can you move up? Can you just give us a little bit more space there so I can get in? And my dad looked over the bonnet and he just went no sorry mate no there's there's no space at all like there was literally about six inches of space and the guy just went oh come on mate don't be a prick and dad goes what have your fucking l plates fallen off or something and the guy just flipped he got out of his car ran over to my dad's van like just left his car um and like 
reached into my dad's window and was going to punch him. But then my dad, instead of uh, instead of, you know, going around it, he just grabbed the guy, like grabbed him by this by his collar, just pulled him in. And he goes, I said, I think your fucking L plates have fallen off. The guy was like. <laughs> The guy was like, oh, oh so, what, 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 what the, I just wanted you to move up, mate. No need to be like that. And he just went, no, I think I knew what you meant. <laughs> and this guy was proper bricking it. And my dad just goes, now, are you going to apologise to my son? And the guy just looked across at me. I'm there, like, trying to hold back some sort of laughter. And he just went, I'm really sorry. And my dad <laughs> just went, that'll do. And just let him go. And the car just ran off. Surely back to his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. back to his car. But I, I, you know, he, he was never a man to get violent, my dad. But Christ, that was funny. <laughs> oh dear. But anyway, right. Um, yeah. So we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, so you got a day to digest, digest it before the game. Um, Easter weekend, always a, always a fun weekend of football. Um, don't know if it's going to be much fun this weekend though. We shall see. Um, but yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. And uh, up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.